Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, welcome into the show. This is Red Sox Beat again here on CLNS Radio. This week, of course, is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep and get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and entering that promo code Celtics uh, to get your $50 off any mattress purchase. It's uh, a big football Sunday here on Red Sox Beat, but we're going to talk, of course, all baseball. We have really good Red Sox stuff to talk about because of the winter weekend that happened, so we got Red Sox stuff to get you caught up on. We're all back here to gangs together. Of course, you can find us on Twitter, at Red Sox underscore Beat, Facebook, Red Sox Beat Podcast, Tumblr, subscribe on iTunes as well. Give us some ratings and reviews. We always ask you, and we always appreciate it. Um, as well as, of course, you can listen to us on Stitcher. Um, so, you two, how are you knuckleheads doing today? Doing great. I'm excited for uh, for some Patriots football. I'm excited for some Red Sox talk. So, yeah, start off the start off the day good with some Red Sox talk, and finish it with some some Patriots and some Celtics. We got everything today, guys. We have 71 days until opening day. 25 days so we can really talk baseball because pitchers and catchers report in 25 days. Woo! That's insane. That's crazy. That's so like full circle. It's, it's it feels like we just stopped talking about the Red Sox season in November and October, and now it's like okay, here we go again. Back to pitchers and catchers. New hope coming around the corner. Fine by me. It's always so long and so short at the same time. It seems like the off season goes forever, but at the, on the other hand, it seems like it just starts right back up again. Crazy. And then we'll be talking spring training, and before you know it, we'll be in the middle of July, maybe hoping this team is still in it. Because the last couple of years, it's been a, it's been a tough go. Um, but we got some Red Sox stuff to talk about. Um, we have the winter uh, the winter weekend that happened, the Red Sox winter weekend. I think this is a ploy. I hate the winter weekend. I hate that they do it. It's just the way to sell tickets and get extra money off them. All of us, all of us. A lot of people go. Media covers it. It's the way the Red Sox stay relevant in the off season. But it gives us stuff to talk actually, about. <laughs> but we got some good news out of it because it's the one time during the off season that we actually get some tidbits to talk about. So. The one I want to start with, guys, because this is more intriguing to me, is Christian Vasquez. Um, he seems like he's ready to go. He said he lost some weight, feels good, and he's, he said he's going to want to and should be ready for opening day. We weren't expecting him to be ready for opening day. We expected Christian Vasquez to maybe have another month to go after we start the year. Now they can plan for Christian Vasquez to be the starting catcher come opening day, which is awesome because he should be. Yeah, actually, if you if listeners want to check out check out the website, I just wrote an article on this less than an hour ago, so make sure you go on and 
check out my Christian Vasquez business. Um, yeah, I thought that he was going to take a while, but he said he's feeling good. He threw he threw uh, 150 feet and felt fine. No setbacks. Uh, he lost 25 pounds. He really seems dedicated to coming back and being ready. But he still said, if they want me to start in AAA, like I'll do whatever they want me to do. So he's leaving the option open. But it sounds like he's pretty good. Yeah, he seems ready to go, and I didn't think he'd be ready this soon, especially Tommy John surgery huge so I mean I'm I'll be surprised if he does get the call for opening day but I do like that he's like I'll go wherever he's just ready to play well yeah I mean when you're out that long with Tommy John surgery he hasn't seen a baseball diamond in lord knows how long um and we need him back he's I think he's going to be a steady steady guy for the rotation I mean we've talked about Christian Vasquez's impact before and I'm not the first to tell you that I love him and I think he's a great catcher but his impact is going to be solid. So the sooner you can get him back consistently catching for these guys, the better, I think. Because um, a lot, a lot now, of people the back, pin that on, on the pitching struggles in the beginning of the season last year, not having him. Well, yeah, of course. And why wouldn't you? Because he knows how to call the game. He makes pitchers feel more comfortable. He had, like, and we, we, I preach on this every time we talk about him. You had guys, he had guys like Lackey and Lester preaching about him, saying he – like Lackey said, oh, he reminds me of Yadier Molina. Like, you don't get that kind of praise just from anyone. And you don't get that kind of praise in general. So if you're being compared to Yachty, you're doing something right, and that's huge for a pitching staff. And it's so impressive, too, because he's obviously only 25. He's hardly even played, and he's already getting this kind of this kind of praise and getting this kind of you know credit for the pitching staff being bad because he was out when he's this young. He hasn't played a full season yet. He hasn't played a full season. Exactly, and he's already, he's already getting that, so that's really good. Yeah, I'm excited to see him this season, and I'm sure it's hard for the pitchers, too, when you have your catcher, and then all of a sudden you don't have him for the entire year. Like, that's a lot to adjust to, to a new catcher, and then another backup catcher. It's it's a lot for the pitchers to adjust to, so I'm sure they'll be happy to have him back. I think as long as he can stay on the field, I think this guy, and I've been saying this for a while, is your guy. I think he's your catcher moving forward. Um, figure out what to do with Blake Swihart later. I think he's your starting catcher moving forward as long as he's fine to play. Um it took him less than half a season to get the impact that people wanted in terms of controlling a pitching staff, and that was a bunch of veterans. Um, the biggest thing is him and David Price getting on the same page, but I think that w- I think once he starts working with David Price, I think David Price is going to give him the respect he deserves. I think so, anyway. Um, I don't know if you guys feel any different about that, but I think it seems like well, all, everything we've heard about Christian Vasquez so far, I feel like there's, I don't think there's going to be any issues there. I don't think so either. Um... I really, I really don't. I think you just nailed it on the head, Jared. Yeah, I think if Price, if if Vasquez gives Price reason to believe in him, he's probably going to jump on board pretty quick. Yeah, Lauren, I appreciate the enthusiasm for my answer. Thank you. Woo! Didn't take long. I didn't. Uh, it's only Jess could be that nice to me sometimes. <laughs> in your dreams. <laughs> yeah, never going to happen. Never going to happen. It's okay though. It makes for good radio. Um, so yeah, there you go. Vasquez is supposed to be ready, which is awesome. I'm hoping he is. Um, but that, that obviously we'll get more updates once pitchers and catchers report, and so because he'll be that'll be the first look we get at him and see how strong the arm is, kind of see how everything is going. But if he's lost weight too, that's good because he was a little pudgy. Um, Five pounds is pretty significant too. Yeah, so I, I, I'll take it. Um, I don't want him to lose too much weight because I think his his big body was what helped him became a good catcher to block balls and stuff. But obviously losing some weight's never a big deal, you know, like because you gotta stay healthy and. Um, so that, that that's kind of good there. Um, let's stay on the lost pound train because uh, I think I think you just kind of it's a good segue over here. Christian Vasquez is good. Pablo Sandoval supposedly has lost twenty pounds as well. Um, I want to see pictures before I believe it, but apparently he's feeling great. He understands that he 
kind of has a chimp on his shoulder this year. He kind of screwed up in terms of not playing well last year. He didn't come in here with a serious attitude. He gained weight. He apparently lost weight now. I, I get I want to see pictures before I prove it, guys. Do you believe that he lost 20 pounds? I want to believe it because I know that he's got a lot to prove this season, especially at third base. That's obviously why we signed him. We signed him a big contract, and we don't want him to be a bust. And part of being good at any sport is being in shape, and he clearly needed to lose weight. So, I mean, I want to see a picture too before I believe it, but I, I don't think he would just come out and be like, oh, yeah, he lost 20 pounds if he really didn't. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, John John Farrell said a couple of days ago that physically he looks great. He said that about Hanley too, because he lost some lost some uh, weight too, because they asked him to. So he said they both look great, and he expects them both to have bounce back here. So I mean, if he says that, I don't think he's just gonna make it up. Like, yeah, he lost weight. He looks no. great. Yeah, just kidding. He didn't actually. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Can I just say that John Farrell looks great? Yeah, he does. I was so yeah. excited to see him. Yeah. yeah. As much as I don't believe he's the right manager for this team. Um. I'm happy that he's doing well, of course. You, you don't want to wish poorly on any man as a human being. I, I'm glad that he's up and cheery and ready to go. Um, I think this is his last straw. I don't want to get too much into the John Farrell talk yet, but I think this is his last straw. I think this is it. If he doesn't do well this year, I think he's going to be canned. But at least they're, they, they're giving him another shot. I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, but to the Pablo Sandoval thing again, look, I'm the big, probably the biggest uh, – praiser of Pablo Sandoval on this show between the three of us. That's for sure. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I am more than willing to say that I I still like the guy. I still am thinking he's going to succeed. I think last year was a transition year. He's I, I think it's awesome that he was big and kind of came up and said he made mistakes last year. He's getting better. I believe that he lost the 20 pounds. Um, and if he didn't, you're going to know first day when you can see the pictures. But um, I believe he did. I believe that he's coming back ready to go. He's a champ. He knows what it takes to win. Um any Hanley story, I don't believe, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I believe Pablo Sandoval. I believe his work ethic. He knows how to win, um, and I think he's gonna. I think he's putting the effort in for David Ortiz. I really do. I think that's part of it. I think these guys want to win, but I think these guys want to make David Ortiz go out with a good season. I think it'd be injustice to David Ortiz if this team is out of the playoffs by May, by June again, because that's ridiculous. And he, does, David Ortiz, we all know, deserves a good last year. Whether or not they make the playoffs or whether or not they win a World Series, they need to be competitive. They need to be in it all year. Every single baseball game this year needs to mean something because of the, what it means to David Ortiz's last year. Yeah. And I think Pablo Sandoval gets that. Well, yeah, you're right about Sandoval because it, it, you know, he's won three championships. So in that sense, he probably feels like he doesn't have as much to play for because he's already done what he needs to do and could retire now mm-hmm. and already have three championships. But if you need a little motivation and you can't get it from within – you can get it from somebody else like Ortiz. So I think he might have nailed that because if if he needs any motivation, that should be it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And if Ortiz retiring isn't enough motivation to want to be better and have give him a good last year, then I don't know what is. Ortiz is retiring. Your manager's coming back from surviving cancer, and you just you got you signed the great players into your bullpen and an ace to pitch. That's some good. Th- those three factors. David Ortiz and John Farrell, probably the biggest two, obviously, should make you want to be better for this year. Because the Red Sox signed you as Pablo Sandoval to a contract last year, believing in you were going to bring something to this team. And you didn't do that much last year, Pablo. I'm sorry. I support you, but you sucked. So coming into this year, you have those three things as a factor. This team is already considered a favorite in the AL East. This team's being named the favorite in the AL East, kind of one of the favorites to come out of the AL to win to go to the World Series already. Yeah, and and I'm not shocked by that because they filled all their holes they needed with like stud guys. 
So, like, I wouldn't be shocked by that. But Pablo Sandoval has to see all that and go, oh, i got to get my crap together. Yeah, if, if Ortiz and Farrell aren't enough motivation to do well this year, and if they still are terrible, then I'm going to start, well, I'm sure a lot of people have already lost a lot of faith with the last couple of seasons, <laughs> but I'd, I'd lose a lot more if they still can't get their act together after all that. Yeah, you'll need your blanket, Jess. Crying in the corner. Yeah, I'll, I'll cry in the corner. Clay Buckholz and some I'm ice cream. Hide in the corner with the, bl- with the blanket and some Ben and Jerry's, man. Just put Jess in the corner. Yeah. If if they don't, if he doesn't come out this year and do something, Pablo Sandoval, I'm probably going to even get off the train because oh boy. I give him a I give him a year. I like Pablo Sandoval as a player, but I give you a year to grace, especially coming from the NL. But it's it. It's game time. Let's go. Your team revamped. They want to make the playoffs. Dave Dombrowski was not kidding around this offseason. He did everything that we pretty much asked him to do. The Red Sox even went off their highs, and they paid for a guy over 30 to be the top of the rotation guy. They did, they're doing everything right right now. Yeah. He cannot disappoint. Fair or not, there's a lot of pressure on Farrell, Sandoval, Hanley. There's a lot of pressure on a lot, Rick Porcello. There's a lot of pressure on a lot pressure. of guys. There's pressure on David Price. Look what he's getting paid. Well, sure, of course, but it's his first year and everything. But the guys who have multiple years or guys like Farrell who've had so many under 500 seasons, yeah. there's a lot of pressure on a lot of them. The more pressure for David Price will be if we make the playoffs. That's when the pressure starts. Absolutely. For him. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> then we're all be watching him. <laughs> we'll talk about pressure for him then. Um, so yeah. So Sandoval, I'm still behind you, buddy. But this is it. This is your last chance. Um, let's stay on. Let's stay on the, the, that off season. Last off season signings. Hanley Ramirez. Um, he's vows. He's be, he's ready to play first base. Um, they asked him to lose some weight. I don't know just exactly the. Did they say how much weight he lost? I, I haven't been able to find exactly how much weight. I need. I couldn't either. Um, he looks good so though. Probably, but he looks good, and he says he's vowed, he's vowed and ready to play first base. He he lost the weight because they asked him to. He's doing everything right now, and look, I'm more leaning to get through this year with him playing first base because now you know there's a spot for him in 2017. You know there's a place there that all he has to do is get up and do what he wants to do and hit the baseball because David Ortiz won't be here next year. I hate saying it. It still hurts to say it. But David Ortiz will not be here in 2017. So now you have a spot for Hanley. So if you can get through this year with him, he stays healthy. No more running into walls, Hanley. Keep your shoulder healthy. Do well at the plate. Because, look, guys, we all praised him last year in April when he was hitting well before he ran into the wall, and he just wasn't the same. If he can stay healthy, the weight stays off, he's going to be good, a, a good at-bat for this lineup this year. If he can stay healthy is, like, oh, it's a huge yeah. biggest key word there. And I don't know if just I lost all faith in him last season. And even though he vowed to be ready at first, he vowed to be ready for left field. And... I don't want him to do bad. I I want to see this guy succeed because I know what kind of player he can be. And, I mean, if he's going to be our DH in 2017, I'd, I'll stick it out this year, but I'm not going to deal with him running into the stands and diving after balls that he doesn't need to be diving after. Like, oh, I don't know. He's going to, like, break his face at first base or something. I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not ready for this. Yeah, I actually uh, <laughs> scratched what I said before. I found his weight. He's at 234 right now. And – he claimed that he finished last season at 237, but I'm thinking that maybe he was a little more during the season. He's probably a little more than that. If he only lost three pounds, they wouldn't be making a big deal out of it. So, so maybe he was a little more than that. But he's approximately 234 right now, and he said he feels light and he feels good. Um, I can't take what he says 100% seriously because he said all the same stuff last year. Oh, I'm ready. I'm going to be good. I'm ready for the outfield. Oh, I'm ready to win for this team. I love being here. Great. Prove it. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't, and he's saying all the same stuff right now, and he can talk all he wants in January, February, and April, and then forget about it in the regular season. Like He's got to prove it to me, and I'm not ready to assume that's going to happen yet. On the other side of the argument, 
and I'm, I, I, I don't live on this side of the argument. I, you know I don't. I'm, I'm with both of you on the Hanley Ramirez thing. But for some people who think, okay, let's give him one more shot. I'm sure there's no one out there that does this, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Last year, he talked the talk, and in April, he did walk the walk. In April, he was a really good ball player for this club. And I know it's April, and I know he got hurt. And again, I'm not for Hanley Ramirez, but he was raking the ball in April last year. He had, what, 10 home runs in April last year? Like, that's ridiculous. That's a huge pace. And I wouldn't be shocked if he comes out and does that kind of April again. It's a matter of if he can stay healthy out of April. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, cool, he had a great April. And then for the next five months, watch him do jack. Like, I'm not going to – I mean, he ran to a wall. Okay, but you're going to use that excuse for the rest of the season? Like, no way. Like, No, my, my point is, Lauren, I'm not agreeing with that. I completely agree with you. My point is that it's he's capable of doing it. And we've seen him do it here. He's had success here. He used the wall to his advantage at the plate. He's just got to, I mean, smarten up, basically, and just realize that you might not catch every ball. Don't run into a wall. Don't hurt yourself. Like, you're a brittle man because you don't care. You're a very brittle man. You're made out of glass. You have a history of not being on the field. If you want to be the DH next year, you've got to hit this year. Because I don't even know if his spot is, I mean, unless you can find someone to take it, he's probably going to be your DH next year, but he might not be every day DH if he doesn't hit well. Yeah. Like, why are they gonna, they're not going to hand him a spot if he's not hitting well? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't assume that he's just got the job hands down or every day, definitely. I, it, yeah, I'd rather him not hit 10 home runs in April and then do nothing. Like, I'd rather have consistency, like, several a month, like, consistently throughout the year. Because he had 10 in April and he had 9 the whole rest of the season combined. So yep. I'd rather him not do what you said, Jared, and come out guns blazing again in April and go crazy and be this incredible player. I'd rather him, <laughs> yeah. you know, like ease in and do it for the whole season. So I hope he doesn't do that. Oh, me too. Yeah. But don't be shocked if he has that kind of April again because you're healthy, you're coming off a of spring, that you probably won't even play much, Like, which would be the wrong thing to do, by the way, if that happens. He needs to play because he needs to learn how to play first base fast. Um, but – if you come out, if he's going to be rested, he's supposedly healthy and lost all this weight. Don't be shocked if he has a good April at all. I don't even care about his hitting. I just want to see him play first. I just, I'm, so <laughs> I'm so intrigued by it because we saw how much the, the left field just did not work. The left field project was a disaster, and now he's going to play first base. Don't get me wrong. He's probably going to be better at first than he was not left because he's played the infield before. God, I hope so. so. So, like, he'll be better, but it's the whole – he didn't even know what foot to put on the bag. Like, I don't know if he can scoop a ball. Like, what's that kind of, what's that going to be? Because there are some first basemen that – Xander Bogarts is going to throw some of the dirt if he's making some athletic play from short. Uh, first baseman, you have to pick that play. Third base, Pablo Sandoval had some issues last year. Can he get the ball across the diamond? Pablo Hanley's got to pick that ball. Can he do it is the big question. Yeah, I think it's an even bigger problem, too, because for what I just said, I don't care about a city. I'm excited to see him play first base. Yeah, everyone else is going to be the same way, too, and it's, it's going to be even more pressure on him because the spotlight's going to be on. It's going to be someone that's going to be in the top deck with a spotlight shining down on Hanley saying, hey, can you play first base? Can you play first base? And everyone's going to be watching it, and if he screws up, it's going to be relentless. Yep. Uh, one, what, uh, one person I also want to bring up real quick because he's kind of in the – Huge chimp on his shoulder, Jess. I know you're not a fan of him. Uh, but Ruzanet Castillo, he's been playing winter ball. And he hasn't been doing too hot down there. Like, he's not blowing up the scene like he should be. Um, I'm pretty sure he's hitting below 250 or something like that. And he's just not – he wasn't producing the way he should be down there. Um, how short of a leash are they going to have this year at Ruzanet Castillo? Really short, I think. Um, <laughs> I hope. I remember last season I was at his first game as a Red Sox, and he dropped the most – 
the, the easiest fly ball he could have caught, and he dropped it right in and out of his glove. And I'm like, this is how this guy's season is going to go. Like, how can you not catch just a routine fly ball right out of your glove? Like, this is your position. Like, this, you're supposed to be this big-name player. You can't even catch a ball. And there's so much hype around him. When there's so much hype around players, I'm almost not surprised when they're not as good as we expect them to be just because we've seen this so many times. Yeah, I, I'm reading an article right now that he's, he believes he's figured things out. So, uh, like Hanley, please, please <laughs> prove it to me. I, I'd love to see it. I mean, I want him to do well. It's He he played better towards the end of the season. He was getting more base hits, and you know, the power wasn't there at all. But at least he was getting on base, which is which is definitely good. But if we're going to need a lot from him because he's going to pay a lot of money. He's supposed to be this big thing. And he's 28, because so now if he starts going downhill a little bit and he's going to be older, all of a sudden he'll be 30. And... It's, people will start calling him out of the question. So it's yep. kind of now or never. I think half the battle with him is before he just needed reps. That's why I think you started to see him get better towards the end of the year because he was playing more. Um, he's not a guy that's going to just take a, be able to come back and be fine after taking a day off. Like He needs to play every day if he's going to be successful. So you're going to see him probably get the reps early. It looks like that's the outfield you're going in with between him, Boot, uh, Mookie Betts, and Jackie Bradley. I think that's your outfield. So... He's going to get his time. He's just got to prove it. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm ready for him to play every day. Big April for him. April, big April for him. Big April for Hanley. So, sign me up. I'm ready to watch. Big April for Jackie Bradley. Yeah, too. no kidding. But uh, we can move on from that. More Red Sox need to talk about because again, so great that we have Red Sox stuff to talk about. Finally, um, Rick Porcello spoke. Said he was excited for year two, um, ready to go after. He had a good second half of the year last year. Obviously, once Tombrowski, his old boss, came to town, he started pitching a little better, got healthy. Um, guys, what what are your expectations for him? I hope he pitches as well as he was pitching towards the end of the year. Um, okay, no hopes, no hoping. What, you what just do you asked think? What my hopes are for him this year. I said expectations. expectations what, what do you hope? Same thing. What, I, okay, what do you think is going to happen? I think he's. I think he's ready. I think he knows what we expect from him. And I think he started to figure it out towards the end of the year. And now that with Dave Dombrowski, I don't think he's going to be screwing around. He knows that spotlight's on him, too, because we're paying him so much money. He's supposed to be this good starter. And he had a rough start to the season. And towards the end, he figured it out. It's unfortunate he got injured. But I think he knows exactly what to do. And I think we're going to get the Porcello that we've been expecting. Yeah, I'm expecting him to be very good, I think. First year in a place is difficult. I understand that, you know, I've been hard on Sandoval and Ramirez, but same thing, first year's tough, so hope for a better second year for everyone, but I think I think Porcello, now that the spotlight's not on him as much in terms of where he's in the rotation since we have David Price, spotlight's also on in the same sense because he has such a poor year last year, so I think he's got a little bit of leeway, but I think he'll be ready to pitch, he's comfortable now, uh, once we get Vasquez back, that'll probably help a little bit, and like we said, Dombrowski now. Not that that makes as much of a difference because it's not like Dombrowski's on the field, but it's got to be a little a little better for him in his mind. So I think I believe him. I think he's gonna be ready. I was all for him last year, and he disappointed me. So I I'm I'm ready to jump back on. I think I think he'll pitch really well, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got like 15 to 17 wins. See, I think I'm on. I'm starting to lean towards that side too, Jess. Which is weird. I don't want to agree with you, but I will. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It happens sometimes. Sometimes you're just right, Jess. I'm sorry. Uh, thank but you. Sometimes. Okay. Um, but with him, we we saw what he did in Detroit. He's a good two three guy when there's no pressure on him. Everyone when they signed him, we all expected them to go out and get someone else. 
and they just never did. So he kind of got thrown in as that guy because we all know Clay Buckholz by now is not an ace. No, just does not have the mental makeup, does not have the uh, the man uh, genes down there to uh, be the ace. He does not have that. So he has to be a four guy. He has to be a three guy. Rick Porcello has the mental capacity to be a guy you'd want to give a ball to come playoff time, but not game one, maybe game two, maybe. And we saw in Detroit what he could do, and but he he was also the three four guy down there. So now it's okay. You're not number one. You take we're going to give the ball to David Price, but now what? Now you have to show that you can be a two. You have to be show you can be a three, um, because I don't even know who else would be number two right now. I'm assuming it's going to be him. Yeah, it will be. I don't. I think he probably would hit Paul, call Clay a a number three at this point, just with how inconsistent he's been. Um, you could you could flip flop that, but I assume Porcello will probably get the ball in game two, then have Erod and Joe Kelly four or five. So yeah, he's probably the two, and it may be better for him to be a three. But I think I think he'll be ready. But see, I'd rather him two than Buckles two. Oh God, yes. Your, because those it sounds like those that's your two options. Doesn't sound like they're going to put Erod any higher than three, and I don't think that's going to happen. Which is smart. So which is smart. Yeah, he's young. Let him pitch down at the bottom of the rotation. But with Buckles. Last year they let him pitch game one out just because out of like respect and the fact that he's been here. Do they do that with him this year? No. They, like, he did, he okay. did pitch great though in that first game. <laughs> yeah, but he played the Phillies. It. They played the Phillies. What do you expect? I know. Um, look, I, I don't know what they're going to do with that situation. I would give the ball to Porcello after Bryce, but I don't know what they're going to do. I wouldn't be shocked if they said, you know what, Buckles, you can have, you can be number two. I wouldn't either. Now. Yeah. Because that's what they do, especially with Farrell. Especially with Farrell managing this team would not be shocked if Buckles gets the number two Porcello three yeah and then don't be surprised if and then don't be surprised if Porcello's number three don't be surprised if he pitches well because he's in the three hole and it's a lot less pressure eventually Porcello will be your number two I don't because eventually one Clay Buckles will probably get hurt by the all-star break again and two I think Porcello's just going to start to out pitch Buckles because Buckles sucks hey he's not that bad he is. He's so he's bad. He just he just needs to stay healthy, and it's unfortunate that he can't. And every year it's we go through, oh, he's pitching so well, and then he gets hurt with some unknown injury, and then it turns into something huge. And he's not a terrible pitcher. It's like he we know he can be good. It's just like why can't you stay healthy? It's like I don't know if he's just too skinny or if he's just like what the hell's going on with this guy? I have zero faith in Clay Buckle. Come on, look at zero. his numbers: seventy three and fifty one for his career, three eighty five ERA. He's not a bad pitcher. He just can't stay on the field. Zero faith. He is not of the balls in the big game. Zero faith. I don't have faith in him in, in like big games, but I have faith in him from start to start. He needs a haircut. No. I love his what? hair. Ugh. No, the one from last year after <laughs> he tried to cut it? Uh, Are you kidding? Oh, the little niblets coming out of the back of his head? Oh, uh, he reached? No, the pours the water on it and shakes it out and everything. Oh, it's great. I mean, if it was like consistent flow, I'm all for that. But it, his flow was not consistent. Not, it's no Bryce Harper hair. Or Henry Owens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that's low. <laughs> Just his hair is so bad. He's so greasy. He's so skinny. He's brittle. He's made out of glass, and he should not be here anymore. Hey, Jared, do you like no. how Clay Buckles? No. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I would have never guessed. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I really do like him. No, God. Him and Hanley can both leave together on the same train. Um, we're, I'm not going to go into Clay Buckles bashing, though. we got all here to do that. Um, other player news before we get to John Henry stuff. Uh, Lawrence Binky over here claims he's jo- Brian Johnson uh, ready for spring training ready to go and um, 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see what Brian Johnson brings this year. You and me both. Um, I just want this guy to succeed, obviously. I vouched for him pretty strongly last season up until he debuted, and um, I think he got sent down way too quickly. I think he deserved another shot, and I think this year we'll see more of him, um, especially with Clay Buckles getting hurt near the All-Star break. <laughs> Johnson had a brutal brutal season between the injury that he couldn't snap and then it just became worse and worse as, as uh, the season went on, his elbow thing. And then also he talked this weekend, he talked about the carjacking that kind of went under the radar. It got mentioned a little bit. That's terrifying. I mean, if you read the article, they, he was just filling up his gas tank and then some guy comes over and like starts talking to him and then he realizes the guy has a gun and then him and his friend just get the heck out of the way and, and leave the the keys in the car, and the guy just took the car and, and went. Funny enough, they never actually filled out the gas tank, so the guy you know, <laughs> the guy ended up breaking down because he ran out of gas. <laughs> I read that this morning, and I was just like, wow. Because, yeah. like you said, Jess, it was just kind of swept under the rug. And it's terrifying. He, said, he was carjacked. Like, oh, okay, like, obviously he was, he's okay. Like, there was nothing about it. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he could have been shot. He was carjacked at gunpoint. Yeah. He was carjacked at gunpoint. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought it was just normal carjacking. I didn't realize the guy had a gun. Yeah, um, so brutal. Which is scary. Between that and, and going on the DL, so he's got to have a better year. What's he? What's he drive? I have no idea. Didn't didn't say. I don't, I don't remember. Think so. I can't. I don't think it did. But can't be much. He's living off a of postdoc salary, so it can't be much. I mean, Will Meadowbrook's got Jenny Delanay's ring on a rookie salary, so. Rookie and postdoc salary are <laughs> two different things. Well, yes, but that that ring is massive. Is uh, Johnson driving a uh, Hyundai Sonata? Maybe. Maybe he's a Jeep. Maybe he's driving a he Jeep. He better be driving a Jeep if he knew what was good for him. With the $100 tires and crappy gas mileage. He said yeah. it was the longest 30 seconds of his life. Yeah, I believe it. I would, too. Oh, God, yeah. No, I would never want to deal with that. Yeah, no, I didn't say didn't say what car he drives. Where was it, Jess? Was it around here? Florida, uh, wasn't it? Or was he down south? Yeah, it was in Florida. Cocoa Beach, Florida. Coco, Coco Beach. <laughs> Sounds like a nice place until until that happens. Yeah, that's what he said. He's like, yeah, there's been no problems here. Like nobody's ever done anything. Like I didn't, couldn't expect something like that to happen. I want to go to Coco Beach. Right. The guy shot. Maybe the not. guy shot the gun too into the ground. Oh my god. Yeah. So he, to really he shot the gun in the ground. I saw the bullet. He saw sparks hit the ground. I just went inside, started yelling, "Call 911. We got something going on." How funny would it be? And obviously not funny when the guy shoots off a gun, but how funny would it have been if he shot the gun off the ground trying to take the car he was trying to take and then it, like, hit the tire so he couldn't even <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. And then he I runs out of gas. So, yeah, that's how the gear messed up by not uh, not even having a full tank of gas. Not even a little, obviously not even like a quarter tank of gas. But well, yeah. Brian Johnson must have rolled in there on E. Like, that's, what I, that's what I do. I mean, Jess knows my gas light's always on. <laughs> Especially this time of year. I don't want to get out and pump my gas. Nope. Right. Too cold. Too cold, yeah. Way too cold. Uh, all right, other news. We can get off Brian Johnson because he's not going to do well this year anyway. But anyway, uh, John Hen- <laughs> I hope he does. I'm going to make you eat those words. You love I'm going to make you eat them. Go for it. For breakfast, lunch, You're going to shove in my face? Yep. Go ahead. Yes, I will. Take those words. Uh, John Henry spoke, of course, because he always does at these uh, winter events. Um, said that not making the playoffs in Ortiz's last year would be a, quote, big disaster, unquote. That's a good sign that your owner's saying that, because, I mean, everyone believes that, but at least the owner's saying it, right? I mean, re- regardless if this was Ortiz's last year or not, it'd be a big disaster if you don't make the playoffs, because... It has been a big disaster when they haven't made the playoffs. Exactly. I mean, you have 
and then last year we were supposed to be so good, and yes, this year we're good on paper, and as every year, I'm wicked excited about this, but I mean, we expect to make the playoffs, especially with the names and the bats and our rotation, we should be making the playoffs, and it's going to be it's going to be more than a disaster if we don't this year. Yeah, I mean, like, no kidding, it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> we made the playoffs once in the last six years, so obviously it's not going to be good if you don't make it. I mean, obviously he's just talking strictly in terms of Ortiz because the guy with his postseason regimen would obviously be a bad thing if he didn't even get to play in, in his prime playoffs in his, in his last year of his career. So obviously, I mean, what, do you, what do you expect the guy to say? Of course, of course it would be bad. And for me, him saying that, obviously he's going to save the show face, but it's like this year is even, would even be worse than last year because last year we still saw they had holes on this team. They never filled their bullpen, really. They never did dealt, dealt with their rotation. They just signed basically Pablo and Hanley. This year, they filled all their holes. They, got a, they have a good-looking bullpen right now. They got their ace. They, they did all this stuff, and, they, and now – these, these guys in the lineup are coming into their second, third years in the league. They're expected to do more in terms of um, Bogarts and, and Mookie Betts and all. And Jackie Bradley's got pressure on him this year. Christian Vasquez, all these guys are now expected to perform with the, the pitching that you actually now have. This team should be good. Last year, you could have been skeptical because all you did was sign those two guys and you really didn't fix much. We all knew it wasn't going to be a playoff type year or shouldn't have been because of you didn't have pitching. You, you just didn't do it on either side. If you had a good bullpen and didn't do your pitching, that's one thing, but you didn't have either one last year. This year, you have six through nine covered with your bullpen for the most part, as well as now an ace and that rotation who's now getting better. This team should be a playoff team. No questions asked, right? On paper, yeah. Yeah, it definitely has to be. I mean, they got they got everything they need. I'm, st- I'm still really excited about Carson, by the way. Yeah, me too. I feel like that's going to be like a sneaky good sign, like a sneaky little trade that no one's going to remember until they he actually starts pitching and he's going to be dominant for them. I think he's eventually going to find his way to the eighth inning. That's very possible. That'd be nice. I think he's going to be your eighth inning guy. I think it's going to be Koji right now, obviously, but I think he's going to slide his way into the eighth inning. As Koji kind of declines and gets a little tired, and Smith needs some days off, really pumping but... it in because he's twenty six years old. Yeah. He's going to be here for a while. They're, he's going to, they're going to have him for so long. I hope I so. Have, yeah, I hope so, too. Well, he's probably your future closer once Kimbrell retires. Cause he, I mean, Kimbrell's not that young. Yeah, he is. He's 27. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, still... he's only 27? Yeah. What? I thought he was so much older than that. No. Oh, that makes me so much happier. Yeah, he's young. So you're going to have Carson and Kimbrell forever. <laughs> <laughs> forever and ever. Like, realistically, guys, that should be your 8-9 for a long time. Yeah, it very well could be. Oh, that makes me. I didn't realize he was that young. Yep. Thought he was like 31. No, he came in the league pretty young. Well, that's very exciting then. Good news for us. Good job. Good job, Dave. Jared learned something today. (laughs) I learned something new. Hey, you learn something new every day, right? Oh, man. Go Pats. My head's in the Pats world. Um, All right, let's let's talk about this quickly because Janichi Chazawa and Joe Kelly signed one year deals, avoiding arbitration. Um, You guys, quickly, are you both happy with those? Yeah, I mean, arbitration, Jess and I talked about it a little bit last week. It's just stupid if teams have to go to it most of the time. Um, you know, Joe Kelly, I think he's got, much like Porcello, he's got a lot to prove this season. But I'm a fan of him. I like him. And Tazawa, he, I mean, he obviously was overpitched last season, but I think he's going to bounce back just fine, and I'm glad we have him. Yeah, Tazawa's definitely a guy you want in the bullpen, so glad they signed him again. And, yeah, Kelly, 
We're expecting a lot out of him, so time to piss, Joe. Jojo. Jojo, Jojo with that stash. <laughs> um, looks like a porn yeah, star. Yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. Other kind of Red Sox news, not really, but no, not nearly anymore, but Don Orsillo um, won the McCarthy Good Guy Award at the Boston Baseball Writers' Dinner. Woohoo! Good for him. Um, the big news that came out of that, though, was when he was being talked to. And he was someone, asked, I forget who exactly asked him, but someone asked him about um, if he really, if he knew at all why he still had been fired or something like to that lines. And he was like, honestly, to this day, I still don't know. I still don't know why they let me go. That's ridiculous. We don't know either. Yeah, Wait. no one knows. He, but he would know. Like, wouldn't, shouldn't he know? Like, of course he should know. Of course he should know. I mean, they, but, you know, they don't need to give him a reason. And it's just, ah, uh, like, I think him winning this award is just, like, the biggest, like, screw you to, to Nesson for him. And I was I was so happy when I saw that he won that. And he obviously deserves it. We all love him here. We still all love him here. And I still think I'm going to hear him on opening day, which is really... Oh, stop it. I, <laughs> yeah. I kept forgetting about it, to be completely honest. This popped up, and I was like, crap, I totally forgot. Like, yep. you don't want to realize it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad he was there, and he got a huge standing ovation and cheer, of course, because everyone loves him. Um, yeah, he talked to Rob Bradford, is, is how this came about, and, and Bradford asked him about it, and yeah, he said, I really don't know still. He said, I've heard terms like upgrade and re-energize, and both really kind of upset me because obviously we had a lot of energy, and I felt we were quite good. No kidding, they were. <laughs> I know. Like, how do you re-energize that kind of chemistry? Like, that was the, oh, like, I would be laughing hysterically during Red Sox games, and it's just like, that's what I looked forward to a lot was, of course, watching the game, but just listening to John and Jerry, and it's nothing against Dave O'Brien. I mean, this poor guy's got to come in here and be, and have so much pressure on him, but... It's like, why? Like, why would you mess up a good thing? Like, why would you tear that apart? It just it kills me. The biggest thing um, that came out of because he has like a quote here from EI in the story. I have it up on Mass Live. And the biggest quote to me when it said, I really don't know still. I've read things in articles and things that have been said. I've heard terms like upgrade and re-energize and both really kind of upset me because obviously we had a lot of energy and I felt like we were quite good over the last 15 years and over the last five years, especially with the way that we did have so many fill-ins. Nesson's number one product is Red Sox baseball. And I felt like it was done very well over that period. Unfortunately, they didn't agree. And, and so that was a big surprise. The biggest part of that quote was the fact that he heard, he heard the terms upgrade and re-energize and it upset him. Like you said, guys, they, they were hilarious. They were half the reason why I watched when they were bad. Like they, they were, the, they made those games fun when they were getting blown out or couldn't keep the ball over the plate. Like you know, like they were the reason why we all watched. When I think of Don. I think of energy. So that doesn't make any sense to me. His laugh, his laugh <laughs> is, was, is contagious. It's just, I could watch videos of his laugh. I could like have his laugh as my ringtone on a loop. It's just oh, he threw the pizza. Yes, he threw the pizza. The pizza, or you know when. Nick Marcakis, he's trying to talk about Nick Marcakis trying to swing at the ball, and he can't. And it's just, Taking out his tooth? Remember when we got to put Jerry's tooth back yep, in? And, oh, the lamp. The, the lamp. lamp. Yes, yes, have you, you ever lamp. seen someone more excited in your life when you got that lamp? He was like, ah, yes! The lamp! <laughs> lamp. Oh, this is great. Okay, we're not going to make this a show about reminiscing about Don Arcillo. Yeah, we've already done that. But um, this is our point. Like, there was no re- We all loved him. There was no reason why that should have happened. So, you the Red Sox should have had the audacity to tell him or give him a reason besides, all right, you're gone, bye. Because all the reports were that re-energizing, all that stuff, but I don't, it doesn't sound like he was ever told. So that's not good. I mean, they don't have to give him a reason, which sucks, but, like, they really should have. Should, yeah, um, especially knowing he did so well, he was there for so long, and everyone knew this was his dream job. So 
Yeah, you know, it is. You know, New England native, Red Sox fan. It's just like, why? It was a perfect pair. I'm sure he expected to be here for you know 30, 40 years like Castiglione, which he should have been. Rest of his career. Re- rest of his career would have been. He should have been here. I expected him to be sure. here that long. Same. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, let's go non-Red Sox related. Um, before we do though, uh, Red Sox fans, don't forget. Of course, you could check out uh, Bruins beat here on CNS Radio as well. Can tune in for news recaps and game previews, along with uh, news around the league. Tune in as Jason Buckley and Michael Setapani host new shows every Saturday. Uh, great show. Obviously, I'm a big Bruins fan, so they do a good job recapping everything. Um, guys, we get so much Red Sox to talk about. That was great. Uh, we haven't been able to do that in a while. Um, other baseball news around the league. Unfortunately, we can't talk to our solo for three hours. Um, Justin Upton finally re-signed with the team. Finally signed with the team. Signed a six-year deal. Uh, with Detroit, $132 million. Is this good for the Tigers? Oh, I mean, it's a lot of money, and there's they owe so many players, million, like hundreds of millions of dollars over the next five or six years or something like that. But, you know, Justin Upton is a very good player. He's consistent. He hits the ball all around the field. I think he'll be good for the team, especially a Tigers team that's been struggling. Yeah, his average is a little suspect for me. His career average is 271. Which really isn't that good, but yeah, he gives you your home runs. You can expect twenty to thirty home runs. RBI, not so sure. I mean, look at his numbers here. You know, eighty-one last year, one or two the year before, seventy, sixty-seven, eighty-eight, sixty-nine. So a lot of years he hasn't gotten a ton. So don't think he's quite worth that money. Not sure if he's quite as good as people really think he is. Obviously, he'll help the team, but I'm not sold on him. Yeah. Obviously, we know he's been a good player throughout his career. Um, Detroit, I think Detroit had bigger issues than this, but um, the money's obviously a little high, like you said, Lauren. But I, I think I think it's okay. I think I think that he's going to do well for that team. He went for the money, obviously. Detroit wanted him. Detroit's not like it's not like he went to Detroit because he liked the city, because no one likes Detroit. But it's just a matter of what he's going to do for that team. He's going to he might bring some more fans to the team. He's going to re-energize that team who had a down year last year. Um, he's going to go into a lineup that's already pretty good. So I, I think it's still good for the team, but I think I just think they have other holes. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they do have more holes. They have other things to worry about, and their payroll has got to be off the charts, I can only imagine. Looking like the Yankees right now. Like, oof. Oof. Yeah, it's, they've got they got some problems. I mean, they're obviously trying to, trying to get back in the swing of things, but I'm not not feeling them right now. No, neither am I, and they never really got over that hump. They were they were there for every year for a while, but I don't think they're gonna they they've never got over that hump, and now they're kind of in reboot bridge mode. And um, so who knows how they're gonna do this year? Uh, other contract signing, Yoenis Cespedes is finally on a team. Took way too long. Um, he signed for three years and seventy five million dollars to go back to the Mets after the Mets pretty much said they didn't want him back. Um, so. He went back to the Mets. He was torn between the Mets and the five-year, I don't know what the money was for the deal that he had on the table with the Nats. Um, I think, you, you know, do you know, anyone know the number? Either of you two off the top of your head? I can look it up. But um, he was contemplating some money for the Nats as well. He ends up going back to the Mets. Is an opt-out year after one year um, with this contract as well. So, hey, not a bad deal. He wanted to be in New York. Uh, I know his agent even reached out to um, the the Yankees to see if they were interested, because I think he just really wanted to be in New York. Uh, so he got his wish there, but one, the Yankees didn't need him. But uh, look, the Mets, he's an inconsistent player. He wasn't good for them in the playoffs. 
I think they I don't think they needed him back. No, I mean I I thought he'd end up there eventually. I thought he'd end up going back to them, regardless if the Mets really said they didn't want him or not. And I think it's better that he signs there than with the Nationals because you don't need that in Bryce Harper. The Nationals are a mess. The, na- the the better place to be is with the Mets. Like they went to the NLCS last year, they're going to be right there again this year. But it was a the fact that the Nationals were a mess. Yeah, and he can opt out like said like you said after a year, which you know, it's a th- three yeah three year contract. So, um, I mean, one year after opting out for one year really isn't that big of a deal. If they can deal with him for one more year, then yeah, whatever. Yeah, it just seemed kind of like a last resort. They're like, all right, fine, we'll, we'll take him back. So, as we know, I've never been a huge fan of him, but, I mean, obviously he'll help them because he's a good player, but didn't seem like they wanted him. I mean, <laughs> they obviously were the best team in the National League after they went to the World Series, so they obviously have a goal to get back there, and he may help them with that, so we'll be interested to see what he does yeah. for them this year. Let's... um. Let's stick with the National League talk, because something intriguing came across my vision this week, and I wanted to talk about it, and I'm glad that you put it here in the show prep, Jess. Um, National League is in talks, and uh, Commissioner Manfred came out and said that it's looking like 2017, the National League will have the DH in place, which, holy crap, um, that would be amazing, because they need it. The game is more, it's, it's pure baseball there, but it's just, it takes forever, and I just wish that it, may, it would make the World Series better. It will make interleague games better. Um, they they need it. I think it's just the fact that they, they the people who run are on the National League side kind of were old school and didn't want to change anything. Um, there's no deal in place yet. Um, obviously, there'll probably be more in the works after this season's over in terms of changing that rule. There'll be next off season talk. But guys, this is in the right direction, and I'm praying that they do this in 2017. I'm yeah. so I'm so excited for this because when I was younger, I loved watching pitchers hit and. Getting older, I was like, okay, they can get injured. And, you know, Jess and I were talking about this. Like, I don't want to see one of my pitchers go down uh, rounding first base, rounding second base, or sliding into home and breaking a leg. I don't need them having an unnecessary injury when they shouldn't even be batting in the first place. And we also talked about, great, pitchers batting. They're hitting 65 for the year. (laughs) They're really, really, really creaming the ball. It's just a wasted out most of the time. It's not good for the it's not good for the sport. No, it's just it's just a wasted out. Obviously, you get, you get like some strategy and double switches and deciding when to take your pitcher out. But that's the other thing: you take your pitcher out, you might take him out too early because you don't want him to bat in a certain situation. That's not fair. You want him to be able to pitch as long as you want them to pitch. It just doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't make sense to have both leagues do a separate thing, which has been the case since 1973. So it's been over 40 years of having it's not separate. Like- it just doesn't make sense. And it's not like um, these pitchers sit there and work on their hitting craft. They don't sit there and try to become better hitters. They just do what they can. They're working on their pitching. They're getting paid a crap ton of money to pitch. So why would you risk that? As, why would you want? To, I'm sure that some of the pitchers feel this way, but like, why would you want to risk that as a pitcher? To um, all you're risking a lot of that money by hitting. So it's like I, I'm sure a lot of pitchers don't want to be hitting, and so I'm thinking I'm guessing most of them feel okay with this rule. Some pitchers I know do like to hit. Some of them are pretty good at hitting. Some of them have a little bit of power. Josh Beckett was a pretty good hitter. Um, but overall, I think it's just bad for them. I think it's bad for the baseball. I think it's going to make, if this happens, the sooner this happens and when this does happen, because eventually it's going to happen. Even if it's not 2017, it's going to happen. Um, when this does happen, 
it's good. It's better for baseball in terms of interleague play will be more entertaining. It's more consistent around the league when you have all these key games. It's, it'll make the World Series a better product no matter where they're playing because you won't have to worry about, well, now if the Red Sox go somewhere in the World Series, David Ortiz can't play a game or something like that. You lose that. Like, you won't worry about that. Um, because we all talked about this. In a lot of those games, the AL has a disadvantage when they're on the road because they're used to having the DH, whereas if you have a DH as an NL team, it's just an advantage. You just It's better than what you usually do. And how obnoxious that this rule hurt the Red Sox more than any team because we had a permanent DH in David Ortiz for 14 years, and now right as he's retiring, they're talking about changing. Like, come on. I know. Come on. Like, what is that? Because for years we've always had – I mean, David Ortiz is a competent – like, is a decent – is a competent first baseman. He's fine. Like, he can handle himself for a game or two. He doesn't want to do it, but to keep his bat in the lineup, he was fine. But – it shouldn't have had to happen. There should have been a DH in place. And now, like you said, Jess, it's the worst timing in the world because now he's going to be out. You're probably going to have someone DH who can play the field, so it won't even matter. I know. When I heard the news. I was like, really? Come on. <laughs> Why couldn't we have done this 15 years ago? <laughs> Where was this like just four years ago when Ortiz started getting older? Seriously. Like just four years ago. Yeah, it's like, no coincidence that he's retiring and now they're like, okay, we'll, we'll take on the DH. Like how nice would this have been if it was like in place for the 2013 World Series? I know. Oh, that would have been and nice. He, and he still was incredible, even even with that. Yeah. Oh, he I was. Oh, he was phenomenal that in that World Series. Um, but yeah, so I think we're all excited for that. Um, I think that we're all ready for that. I think everyone in baseball who watches baseball is ready for that. It's just those old those old bags in baseball who aren't really enjoy who enjoy the purism of the game. Um, they don't want it, but they can they can go pound sand because they, it needs to happen. Yeah, it's not it's um, not pure because the two leagues have two different things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And the same thing with the BBWAA. Both of them just need to go pound sand. Um, they all need to be out of the game. But anyway, um, that's happening, which is exciting. Um, one thing we've talked about a few shows now, depending on the situation um, between the three of us, is Aroldis Chapman. We talked about him when he was a free agent and how we don't know when he's going to sign. We talked about him when he signed with the Yankees. And now news comes out that he's not getting charged. Um, so that means he won't get suspended. Um, so that means the Yankees got him. They got him for no risk, and now they got him for the whole year. And now the signing looks even better for the Yankees. Actually, I mean, I, hold on. I'm reading an article right now. It's It says that he's not going to be charged, but he could still be disciplined, and it could be a suspension still. Oh. Which, which seems weird, but... I thought they kind of came hand in hand. I thought which, they did too, but I just checked just to make sure, and yeah, I'm, I'm reading here that it, it might be suspended. I def- Do you think he will, though? I think this is... I mean, I'm really on the fence about us because there's no charges. And I mean, I know it's different, you know, with when Roger Goodell had the whole Ray Rice situation, cause we had video evidence of what he did. And no, we don't have any video evidence of Chapman drawing a gun, putting eight bullets in a, in a wall or whatever. But it's, I think it puts Manfred in a situation where he really needs to go over everything and think about what he, what he needs to do. Like, even though there's no legal system, pressing charges, he's not going to have to do uh, probation, community service, anything like that. It's, I could really see this going either way, and I think the commissioner even knows that, and he's like, this is in my hands, and this is a, a big call that he has to make. I think it goes, and I don't think he's going to get suspended now. I think that Manfred's going to look at this and go, well, you know what, um, there's not a complete amount of evidence on this. The court said there's, there's no pressing of charges, so that means it's not really an illegal situation. If he gets a suspension at all, it's not going to be much, I don't think. I think it would have been more if he got if pr- charges were pressed and all this stuff. But 
the legal system is what a lot of commissioners will bank on for a lot of this stuff. So if they're not, it's not going to be a court case and there's something that's not going on, then I feel like Manfred's is going to go, if anything, it's going to be a slap on the wrist at this point. Yeah, I think that if he does get suspended, it won't be, it won't be long at all. Because so now the Yankees really look good, right, for signing him because now they have him. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the season he's going to have, too. If he just completely craps out, it's going to look bad. But if he has solid season like he's known to be, then, yeah, it's going to look great because they essentially they caught him for nothing. Yeah, and now they have three innings covered, and now they're that much better. So it's it's a great signing for him. He's probably the worst place for us they could have gone. He could have gone. Is going to add to that Yankees bullpen. You're lucky that the Red Sox stacked in their bullpen too, because the Yankees bullpen was already killer last year just with Batantis and Miller. Now that Chavin's going to be their closer, you have Batantis and Miller in seven and eight. So now you don't know what to do um, in terms of if you're playing against the Yankees. So I think right now, looking at everything, I think Yankees and Red Sox are the two teams in the division. I do. I mean, I'm hoping that because I miss those days. I miss when Yankees and Red Sox meant something other than oh, who's the worst. Like, I want them both to be fighting for that division. Bring back the old days. Yep, and that's what we grew up on. That's what I want to see every year. Like, even last year, Red Sox-Yankees games, I still look forward to just because there's, even though there wasn't really the rivalry that there's been, it's still that that rivalry that's still there, regardless if they're fighting for yeah. playoffs or not. It's still fun to see those two teams go at it. Like, like I have tickets for the Yan- one of the Yankees series in September this year coming up. I'm praying that that game actually means something. Because it's in September and it hasn't meant something since thirteen, a September game. Um, I don't know what the I don't we don't need to go into any predictions yet for the for the division. We'll do that later on when spring training rolls around and stuff. But this, I think the Blue Jays take a step back. I think the Yankees and Red Sox step up, and I think you're going to have a fight for the top again. I think both those teams make the playoffs this year. One can only hope, especially if you're a AL fan. You that's the kind of thing you want to see in, in your division too, like two teams just going at it till the end. Yep, I'd, say it's a, sure. I'd say it's a better chance that they both make it than, than yep. they don't. Yankees, Red Sox, ALCS. Yes. That'd be fun. Um, and finally, one other MLB uh, kind of quick hitter as well. Um, the, uh, they did the investigation, and there was no connection between Yu Darvish and the alleged legal illegal gambling with his in Japan with his brother. So that's good news for you. Um, no, he just needs to stay healthy and get on the, keep on, keep himself on the field. This is such a weird story. I mean, I think they essentially just had to investigate him because it's his brother. And I'm pretty sure that's what they said too. They're like, we don't believe there's anything there, but we have to do our job. Yeah. And because it's his brother. And I feel like that'd be, you know, like anybody, any kind of sibling in in any sport. I mean. It's like, oh, Tom Brady's brother was doing this. People would jump all over that. Yeah. Yeah, stupid situation. But good that he's clear. Now he can focus on not getting hurt over here and actually being good. Exactly. So it, that's good news. Um, and it looks like hopefully he can play. Because I love him as a pitcher. He's a great pitcher. Um, it's just he just couldn't stay on the field for Texas the last couple of years. So we'll see what happens down there. Um, don't forget... Uh, Red Sox Beat Fans, this show is brought to you by Grandstand, the new sports app, sports highlights straight from the crowd. Share your own sports highlights and watch videos straight from the crowd, all from the fans' perspective. You can download the Grandstand app on the App Store or at grandstand.me. Check it out. It's really cool. Um, it's a cool thing. Uh, it's a, not, not quick, kind of a really neat perspective of how to watch a game and to see how the fans watch the game. So, uh, of course, you can check us out as well uh, on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. We're going to have a ton of written coverage for the Red Sox side on CLNS Radio. There's a bunch of stuff we're going to have covered for you, so check out the written side as well here on CLNSRadio.com. 
Um, don't forget to find us on Facebook at Red Sox Speak Podcast. Share us on iTunes as well as rate and review and subscribe. All that good stuff we ask you to do every week. Um, of course, you can listen on Stitcher as well. Um, we'll be back next week um, to hopefully previewing some more Red Sox news. It's a good show to talk about this week. Um, you two, any final thoughts on any, any of the stuff we talked about today? I just want to mention it was just kind of a, a thing. I don't think a lot of people even knew who he was, but Frank Sullivan was a former Red Sox pitcher in the 50s, and oh, yeah. he died at age 85 this past week. And I learned that he led the Red Sox in ERA four times in a row in the mid-50s. So mm-hmm. I guess he, he made a, a, a big difference for them. But it seems to be happening. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of old Red Sox players, all guys in their 80s and 90s, are all seem to be passing on here recently, but that happened this, this mm-hmm. week. So I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I mean, I I read something about that that he was leading four times in a row. I was like, wow, like I'm, he must mm-hmm. have been fun to watch. Like when you lead with ERA, you know, like you're getting a good pitcher. It's just funny because there's so many old pitchers you don't even know about because there's so many players in history because history is so long and there's so many players in the team. Yeah, it's you don't even know who most of them are. So yeah. Oh, and we forgot to mention too about Brock Holt giving his number to, back to Wade Boggs. Yes, he handed over to him and said, it's yours now. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) It's always his. You're right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I forgot to mention that too, but that was kind of a fun little story that happened um, as well. But there you go. Another week of Red Sox beat in the books here on CLNS Radio. Uh, We'll be back next week, the three of us. um, New show on Sunday, of course, like always. Um, Until then, for Jess Thomas, Lauren Campbell, I'm Jared Scali, and again, this is Red Sox beat on CLNS Radio.